Welcome to another episode of the NPCs Discuss, where we talk about the video game industry, events, history, controversies, and more. On today's episode, cheating has been a part of gaming history for a long time. From the days of yore with GameShark attachments for the PlayStation 1, Cheat Code Central providing you the button presses to unlock all weapons, and the infamous Rosebud cheat in The Sims to add money to your account, it's a part of normal business. But what about the darker side of cheating? Not to mention hacking. Aimbots, wall hacks, exploited glitches, these are terms that have become a part of the cheating lexicon. What does cheating and hacking look like now compared to the old days? And what does it look like going forward, including the methods to prevent it? We talk about that in this week's episode, Hacking and Cheating. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. And we're back. Welcome, everybody, to this week's NPCs Discuss, where this week we're going to be talking about hacking and cheating. My name is Travis Sherman, and of course, I'm joined by Kyle Inman. Good evening, Kyle. What's up? What's up? What's up, dude? So this week, hacking and cheating. It's been a thing for us for a long time, of course. Our intro, I think, described some of the things that probably you and I have both done and used in the past. And, of course, things that we have vehemently opposed and avoided in our present and, of course, what we see here in the future, too. Aimbots, wall hacking, the list just goes on for the things that are going on in the world of video games when it comes to uh, trying to get the advantage on people. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, There's so many many different aspects of the hacking and and cheating world, frankly, that, I mean... To look at it as a whole, this is this is going to be a, a great topic, so can't wait. Well, let's go ahead and define what cheating means. And of course, I go to our favorite reference, Wikipedia. Cheating in video games involves a video game player using various methods to create an advantage beyond normal gameplay in order to make the game easier. That's, 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 that's about but, it. I think that's the end of our episode. Pretty Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. No. Well, let's kind of go into some of the history of it for what at least we've been exposed to going back in the days. And then, of course, kind of what we're seeing, what we're really seeing now and where we're seeing things at, including some of the underlying tech that goes into preventing cheating and, you know, some of the things that are actually kind of getting around some of it, though, too. So let me ask you, Kyle. Mm Mm-hmm. What have you personally done to uh, contribute to uh, cheating, I guess, in your own way? Were you one to use Grand Theft Auto 3 codes to unlock all the weapons? Were you oh, one? Oh, yeah. yeah. Grand Theft Auto, they, the older ones, yeah, pre-4. Uh, definitely like Vice City in 3. Had to use the uh, the weapons cheat, the, the, the money cheat, and... I, I always liked the Citizens Riot and Citizens Riot more just because you'd have uh, just regular pedestrians walking down the street with chain guns and, and rocket launchers and RPGs trying to attack you and just see what kind of mayhem you could get into and cause and see how long you could survive. But, I mean, yeah. beyond that, I'm everyone probably in their youth, at least at some point, 
especially for us, you know, playing on on the console games in the earlier generations of gaming, use cheats to uh, skip levels because, you know, you had to play the game from the beginning every time. There, yeah. There was no other option. So once you got bored, you know, playing the first level, frankly, for the 100,000th time just to get to the point where you wanted to be, eventually you probably used a level cheat. Or maybe you used a, a cheat to give you extra health or extra ammo or so on and so forth. But I think we're, we're looking a little beyond the, the early days of the Konami cheat. So Yeah, and I've kind of got the Grand Theft Auto unlock all weapons cheat kind of sitting in my head. I'm trying to remember. I think it was like up, down, left, right, up, down, left, right, L1, R1, or was it R1, R2, L1, R2, like left, down, up, right, left, down, up, right, or something like that. And you unlocked like all the weapons, or I think one of the Grand Theft Autos, I think it was like this one would unlock this subset of weapons. This one would unlock this subset of weapons. Here's how to get full ammo. But that was one of those things, of course, because Grand Theft Auto being open world, if you had a lot of the missions done or you were just kind of in between missions, it's like, let's unlock some weapons and let's just go ham on everything. Let's just let's get it. Let's get a a a minigun. Yeah. Go ham, yeah. Just get a minigun and just go and mow everything over. You want to unlock like the the Harrier in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas or the jetpack? Go do it. That was one of those things that was just a fun thing to just to have and do. But that was kind of back weird. Then, yeah, I cheats were back then cheats were more, you know, part of the game. They were programmed for people to to have more fun, you know, beyond the the casual fun. They were something you traded around on the the school playground you know the blood cheat and whatnot just to get the extra distance out of your game yeah and i was well i was one as a kid who had really poor internet at home and our printer was always one of those cheap like bundled with the computer printers that always just kept breaking and so i would at school actually print off cheat codes for all the different games and so i ended up with like four or five three inch three ring binders that would sit on my shelves at home. So it's like if I knew I was playing a game, it's like I could go to my little like catalog and and pull it down. It's like, okay, well, where's the A through F? Oh, here it is. Okay, pull it down and boom, open it up to where the game was. I was pretty organized on that front, I got to tell you. Oh, man. And so that was kind yeah. of, that was that was me. But that was, of course, because I had really poor internet and a really crappy printer. So I used the I, I was far less that. organized. I would scrounge for pocket change and go by until... Well, when, it, when when I had an issue that fell apart, I would scrounge for change and go buy another issue of uh, Tips and Tricks. Ooh, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely use the cheating websites. I, w- I would write down on pieces of paper and stick them in the game book uh, or stick them in, in the case with the game, fold it up, you know, inside the book yeah. or behind the book, just so they would always be there, you know, in case I wanted to... Wanted to try my hand at at those extra extra hard pedestrians <laughs> good on you with that one especially man oh the tips and tricks books just bring me back those well because i remember they would actually release like i think like ha- every half year or something because it's like the new games came out it's like okay here's your here's your new little little almost like cheat pocket reference that has everything yeah. in it that you could just take with you really easily. That was that was just great. 
and it was printed all super small and they they would have a collection of like classic games in there too and it, that was always fun yeah so. Yeah. always good times i mean cheating even goes as far back as like if you really want to like maybe talk about it there too a little bit or even think about it this way is like old school pinball machines especially like you know oh, if yeah. you could get them just right you know i mean obviously of course you'd be caught you'd trigger tilt you know uh but there were some ways there to at least help you kind of get an advantage in some form but a lot more of your older arcade games really didn't allow for a lot of that stuff unless you were one who knew about the the hardware and the circuitry to be able to mess right. with those actual memory modules, like the actual chips on the motherboard. Or even know the uh, correct button combinations, because a lot of them, it wasn't even necessarily face buttons. It would, you know, act as the uh, coin return was a button, and, you know, other, other things on the, the system were buttons, you know. Oh, yeah, and exactly. You, you actually had to put in a combination in a certain order and then all of a sudden it would you know give you 10 lives or whatever just out of the, out of the blue and it was always something that the arcade manager usually knew type thing oh yeah oh yeah absolutely so i think we've painted it pretty clear that a lot of the earlier day stuff i mean even going through like playstation 2 days was really a lot of things that you know you'd use cheats and you were cheating I mean, you were kind of gaining an advantage, depending, of course, on what the cheats were, but it was really all in the actual emphasis on increasing the fun, because it's like if the if the devs didn't want those there, then they wouldn't be there in the first place. You know, it's obviously things that they baked in because they knew that adding these would have some sort of bonus or advantage for their players and that their players would enjoy it. So right now. You know, or even if we go back to PlayStation 2 days, looking at that going ahead, online games have become really where gameplay has been at, you know, for a lot of things. I mean, this isn't to say that your single player games have been a problem. I mean, we kind of talked a lot about live service games and, and single player stuff this last week. But uh, what we're really seeing, of course, though, now is that a lot of your games that are coming out single player style normally don't have cheats or anything built into them, or at least anything I can directly mm -hmm. reference. Uh, there are people who, you know, and, and that is of course normal though, is that you've got modders who make custom things for you to be able to do stuff that is yeah, different from the game. Programs and exactly. Such. But those are, but again, even looking at the single player things like Skyrim, like modding Skyrim has always been a big thing for people. Mm -hmm. That's never necessarily a thing, though, that, like, detracts from the game itself, though. I mean, there's always a lot of fun stuff in there, especially if you, you know, have a, uh, um, if you have, say, like, Thomas the Tank Engine in place of one of the dragons, so you're there about to get beheaded, and all of a sudden you hear the Thomas the Train Engine whistle going, <laughs> you know, right there and about to, about to take you out. Or so, the Macho Man Randy Savage uh, Dragon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like that thing's not to track, but because we're now in a world where online games are truly what's dominating everything, the cheating and hacking have a has actually become more of what's detracted from the experience. And that's why this is one of those interesting topics to bring up and talk about, especially because it's something that's currently affecting things even worse now than it has in what I feel like years past. I feel like it's become so pervasive that 
we just don't ever escape it. And I think where I want to start some of that discussion at is with Warzone. Yeah. So I will fully admit I have completely uninstalled Warzone. I have finally gotten to the point of being sick of that game and being hit by hackers and those exploiting different glitches in there to gain an advantage, thus detracting from the actual fun of the game itself. Uh, you know, of course, there's other parts of it that come into there where my skill is definitely not up there compared to some other players, but a lot of it has been influenced by those who have been hacking and cheating in the game itself. And a lot of that comes down to... I think not necessarily those who are just cheating, because obviously, of course, that's the first point. But the second part comes mm -hmm. down to the devs, to Raven Software, and to Infinity Ward, and Treyarch, who are doing a lot of the stuff behind the scenes for Warzone, that they haven't implemented anything to catch on to this itself. And it's not like anti-cheat is a new thing. I mean, we can go right. back in the history. Punkbuster. Vac. It's all there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been years of this stuff with being able to prevent cheating. And even I think the strongest one out there is VAC. But like I use Warzone just as like a solitary example. What's your thought, though, you know, with what people are doing out there now and kind of what you're seeing even from this side, too? So I, I feel like. People are cheating. There, there are a fair number of people that are cheating when they cheat because it makes it fun for them. The problem is, yeah, while it makes it ultra fun for them, it detracts from other players' fun. And it, it, just not in a way that is normal. It's just unfair. Like, and... It just puts them on a different playing field. I I, I really like the idea, um, and I know Apex was doing this, of putting cheaters and hackers in a separate lobby by themselves so so they can only interact with other cheaters and hackers. Right. But, I mean, even that goes so far because cheaters and hackers complain about other cheaters and hackers. So it it kind of becomes a redundancy almost. Well, it's like they, they don't even know that what they're doing is affecting them as well. Well, I think it all comes back to it. That's great and all that Apex, you know, that Respawn has taken that step forward to go ahead and put cheaters and hackers together into those one lobby. So they're basically mm -hmm. tearing each other new ones within the same lobby. But it comes down to the base level thing that you have to identify those cheaters and hackers in the first place. And yes, right. There have been stories that have come out. There have been promises from Raven software to ban and to prevent these cheaters from coming on and playing and that they release statistics to say, Oh, we banned X amount of, of players that have been reported for cheating and hacking or, or detected them. And it's like, well, great. But you banned them. How exactly were you aware of them doing anything? Was it by user reports or do you have something behind the scenes actively searching for these problem people? If you don't have something behind the scenes and you're relying on reports, you're probably missing a lot. And that's See, a problem. And I, I feel like that, that 
um, they've created a problem for themselves in that. Uh, because with Warzone specifically, you have the ability to report a player right after they kill you. Which, yeah, that is beneficial. But so often, you'll have players just willy-nilly reporting people for no other reason. And I, I see that, you know, they're they're potentially flooding in reports of, of hacking that are just, you know crying wolf essentially because they're they're not as good of a player but once again that does come down to the devs too for for not assessing the player's skill level not not putting an algorithm in the game to say hey you know this this player statistically does this much better maybe they should be played or placed with this other player you know so i i don't know there there's there's wrongs on both sides, but I don't know. The 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 hacking and cheating is is just absurd, especially on on Warzone, but I feel like yeah, they they do cause a problem for themselves when they allow players to report instantaneously like that. Absolutely. And I think the especially problem- when you have in other games players that are are willing to actually document people Exactly. And I think the problem with self-reporting is great, but I feel like there are some people who rage quit really fast and don't even bother mm-hmm. doing the reporting, so you miss out on a lot of it. And it seems like the only way that we've actually seen people banned in real time has been through your popular streamers who have actually caught it. So I'm going to use Tim the Tapman as an example. Tim the mm-hmm. Tapman's one of the most like popular Warzone streamers out there, or at least has been for some time. Um, pulls in constantly anywhere between 25 and, and 50 to 60,000 viewers any day. And when he ends up getting killed by somebody who is cheating, and of course, because you can spectate that person, and there are some pretty easy ways to tell if somebody's cheating based especially on like movements and such, right. um, they actually now have Tim the Tapman's um, moderator team have direct contact with someone at Activision to be able to immediately ban somebody in the game. They will provide a username directly to that person because you can get the full username of that person. They'll provide it to Activision and that person will disappear right there in the stream. Like while they're spectating them, they'll just go. They're gone. Oh, wow. And it's like, that's cool. That's a great way to do it. But those are such edge cases, though, that yeah it's like it's like i caught the one person here that was robbing the bank but i didn't catch his 10 other associates who went out the back door right you know it's it's like you caught one person they may not really be affiliated except hey where they're just all doing the same thing but only the one you know is what got caught and you still got all the others who were out there still exploiting the system and that's why it's such a disappointment to see that where cheating and hacking stands, at least, especially using Warzone still as the example, is that mm-hmm. the devs haven't properly responded to it. And that's why, you know, I kind of look at some of these tools here as things that come out. So, like I had mentioned, we have things like Punk Buster. We have Valve Anti-Cheat or VAC, uh, one of the older ones here, of course, and Protect Game Guard. And then we have, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but Riot's Anti-Cheat software that they release with Valorant. Right. You know, there is a lot underneath that actually handles monitoring and managing these things that have been successful 
but why it takes some of these companies so long to even potentially adapt to using something like it is bizarre. And I don't know I what I don't know what's going to happen next if they can't adapt to it anyway in the first place. Um, but I mean, on the other side of that, you talked about streamers. There, there are also streamers that hack and cheat themselves. True. I mean, you look at like XQC, or um, I, I don't remember her name, but the uh, gal that was actually the model for Mara from uh, Warzone. She was caught using an aimbot. Yeah, and then there on was, Twitch. Yeah, so. and then even in the world of competitive esports, we've actually seen esports competitors vacband in the middle of their game. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, there's videos out there to completely show all of it. But some of these tools, and I mean, like you know, streamers, of course, are going to be doing it because obviously, of course, they got to bring in the views. But one of the surprise things is that if a company will take forever to actually fix the issue so that way the cheating or hacking problem can be remedied you know if they can't take the time to actually put the emphasis into it then the players might figure it out and i want to reference a story here that was brought up on the titanfall subreddit uh i believe this last week uh oh yeah so a a redditor by the name p0358 actually published a 19-minute-long Medium article about how to fix the current problems that they're seeing with, like, denial-of-service attacks, with the hacking, with people getting kicked out of Titanfall. This person actually reverse-engineered parts of the game to figure out exactly what was going on and to determine why People were experiencing the issues they were, the random error messages, Mm. the game closing themselves out, the latency problems, even though every other game that these guys were playing didn't suffer the same issues. This guy reverse engineered it, and you know all it took after that reverse engineering? You You want to know? What's that? Five lines of code. Wow. Five lines of code was to basically fix it. And the, the article I'll, I'll share here with you really quick, Kyle. Let me grab this and drop this into our um, chat here. Really That's quick almost so as bad as uh, the uh, coding for Colonial Marine being, what was it, two and a half lines of bad code for AI. And that's what the reason that the game sucked. Because the alien wouldn't aliens wouldn't attack you. They just would stand there from like two lines of bad code. Yeah, and it just seems like it always comes down to it's like, how did you miss this? How did you how did you get around some of this? And it's oh, and he even has the uh, code. Yeah, he right actually there. listed out the code. He actually provided the code in this, and that's why it's like you think about some of those other things. Like, yeah, a couple of lines could be it, and that's it. And he was able to confirm that, like, he actually has the line right here. He says, literally, just implement this, and the issue disappears. And so he said, so what's happening? And I'm, I try to summarize this exactly where this is actually happening here. So what's happening is that for Respawn to be able to provide better connectivity for players to be able to literally connect and play Titanfall, and of course this carried over to Titanfall 2, um, 
what's happening is that they actually changed something in the way packets are sent between the client and server using um, what originally uses Source Engine's network protocol, okay, to be able to communicate. What happened, though, is that they turned off something within that network protocol that allowed them to send potentially more data over the uh, over a network connection instead of where it was supposed to be at. And a lot of that um, data ended up actually being garbage data. Or maybe um, limit data, yeah. and all it needed was to basically make it so there were no limits on the data. Effectively, when yeah. When called out to it, yeah, Effectively, is what it yeah. looks like. However, the garbage data... The, the I'll put in quotes, garbage data, some of it actually contained player IP address information. So if you were playing a game against somebody and knew exactly how to scrape some of that, if you were playing against somebody and you really wanted to inflict some pain, you could get their IP address directly from those instead of it being obscured or hidden away by normal means of protecting users. So there's a lot of that information that just happened to be in there, and there was probably a good reason um, but like, like he even says here, it's like, why did they do this? It's like respawn wanted to ensure that the player name is always what comes from origin. However, the implementation turned out to be very poor. The code indeed ensured at every connection phase that the client is connecting with a name that comes from a function of origin SDK that recur- returns the client name. Nobody checked what the function does though. The function did return a name from a struct string in a constant place in the memory which was populated only once on client startup and never re-verified. So basically, when the when Origin was started up, and it looks like the username of the player was what was logged in with, it would save that player name to memory, and that was what was retransmitted out without any sort of rechecking. And so what people were doing here to be able to exploit what was going on was effectively using that that there. So it's like, okay, their name checks in, and now they can use this to effectively exploit what's going on. So this guy was able to find a way through five lines of code to get this fixed for respawn and whether or not they've actually taken him up on his code here and fixed it. Um, you know, so be it. That's cool. But I haven't actually seen anything else here. Um, but he actually provided a whole list of like how to fix things here for him. And even at the very end of that list, provided origin IDs for the accounts of known hackers and known attackers and cheaters. Wow. And not and these aren't like player names. These aren't like usernames. Like like, you know, my username, you know, Sherman Man Man or yours, you know, Spencer. It's the actual U, like UUIDs, the the numbered IDs that are associated with that player ID. Okay? So, he figured it out gave it to him and I don't know exactly where things are, but this has happened. Um, you know, this has happened in another game though, too. It's just, we'll talk about that second game here in a second, but what do you think of that though? The fact that he took the time, he's not a paid person for respawn. He's not a security researcher or if he is, it, maybe I, I missed that part in the article, but he found out how, outside of the company how to help make the game better on his own time i 
I feel like, well, Nintendo, is it Nintendo or PlayStation that has the Hacker One program? Because I, I feel like this should be something that should be awarded. This should be something that should be taken into consideration and go, hey, this guy did a really good job. Maybe we should give him some money and implement this. And, you know, I mean, beyond that, give him some recognition in the game, maybe. Uh, like, show show that they they actually care, you know? Yeah, you would think that that would be the case because, like, you re- you really would think so that that would be the case that they would have because even they would have. Yeah, even Rockstar. Well, granted, I mean it's Rockstar, and that they, you know, they have how many thousands of people on both uh, GTA and uh, on uh, Red Dead Online all the time. But they pay people for for exploits. I mean, Titanfall is one game that has never lost steam. Titanfall 2, same thing. Never lost steam. There's actually a lot of people that play Titanfall 2 that even still like maps and the some of the play style from Titanfall 1. But, I mean, this is, this is the issue we run into. And, you know, because they, they have chosen not to uh, implement it. I, I feel like they've also chosen to miss out on money by by not awarding this guy something, by not saying, hey, you know, that there is someone out there that, that is a fan that cares, and, you know, we want to show him that we recognize that he cares. Yes, exactly. So and, I, they're letting the fans down right, in, and, in the long run right, on, and, on more levels than just one. Right, and the second company I was going to make a mention of here was Rockstar. And this isn't necessarily a hacking issue or anything like that, but a guy figured out how to speed up GTA Online. A guy figured out exactly how to speed up the load times on GTA Online because of a yeah, single-thread bottleneck. And he was and they actually, paid him for it. 10 grand they paid him for, yeah. a username Toast. Yeah, they actually gave him a the bug bounty there to figure it out. And yeah, sure enough, they implemented it as a patch. And of course, that's not necessarily a cheating issue or anything, but this shows that the that the devs actually reviewed it, tested it, confirmed it, and cared enough to actually put it in as an update. And then paid yeah. the guy. Like, here, here's 10 grand for figuring this out. But that's also a company that speaks to you know, we care about our fans. Yeah. We we want to show them that we care about them. Right. Exactly. So I, cheating and hacking is is one of those interesting topics to talk about nowadays. But let's let's kind of talk about where things are going from here with mm-hmm. what we're seeing now and what we could potentially see here in the future. And I hate to say it, I don't think we're going to see anything different with the the emphasis of everything going online. I mean, if you want to go back and listen to our episode, of course, about, you know, folks for live service games and, and the concern about, you know, the single player games kind of going kind of by the wayside a bit in favor of these money making games. Because of the emphasis of things going online only, everybody wants to be good at them. Everybody wants to hack, or or at least not everybody wants to hack, but everybody wants to be good at them. And for those who are really determined to be good at them, they may not go the route of constantly playing it. They may go the easy route and just 
download something to make themselves better well, at it. And you got to think too, like I had mentioned that there were streamers that have gotten caught cheating, uh, whether it be in like GTA servers or Call of Duty servers or other games using aim bots or various other forms of cheating. But, you know, yeah, that they, they got caught cheating, but I, it, sorry, I, I just kind of, I lost my train of thought. Um, what was I trying to say here? Um, leading into it, uh, you, you, you have the, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, leading into it, you've got the companies that have made cheating a million dollar industry. So it makes it easier for people like XQC to, you know, hop on and pay to get a bot, to get uh, a guide, to get, you know, a trainer that they can just run simultaneously alongside the game. And recently, we, we what, just a couple months ago, we had that company that was actually um, raided that was f- just cheating. That's all they did was they sold game cheats for online games. Yeah. And they, you look at the parking lot of the company and everyone drove Lamborghinis. Yeah, because it, it, you know, all they did was they set and they coded cheats and made sure they worked, and then they sold them to people. It raked in a lot of cash, and yeah. you go back to those trainers and such too. It was only a few weeks ago that someone had revealed, uh, or there was uh, someone out there, like video wise, that there was going to be an AI uh, cheating software that was going to be coming out that could actually learn the game as you played it. And would be able to actually provide a cheating and hacking type benefit to the player that would potentially go undetectable by anybody. And of course, the game that it was featured in was Warzone. But guess what happened? Activision found them and took their asses down. Took them down quick. Like, I think that was within. But they showed it was there. They did. So the fact that the the fact that they showed that the the deep learning uh super sampling software could benefit cheaters i mean that that just means that the the cheating and the hacking for you know actually breaking a game and and doing better online artificially is all baked into our card into our video cards it is and it's but the thing is is that even with it being baked into the video cards someone proved that it's very possible and that means that this isn't going to be the only one. But where I see another thing with cheating and that going on, and I think I made mention of this in another discussion at some point in time recently. I can't remember where. It might have been one of our news mm-hmm. live streams where I talked about this. But a lot of cheating and a lot of hacking, or at least exploits at least, to be able to be the top can sometimes can sometimes come down to culture can sometimes come down to a cultural issue that needs more addressing in that group and where i look at some of that are uh the chinese a lot oh, of yeah. a lot of those in china are raised to be understanding that they need to be number 1 that they need to be the top of the top 
They need and if to they can't be, do better, then what's the point? Yeah, they exactly. They need to be the best of the best in what they are doing. If they can't do that, there's a lot of stigma that goes with not being the best. And for those who do dedicate their times to their time to video games and do it extensively, of course, China's got a crackdown going on, of course, for minors playing video games past a certain time period. And of course, they're mm-hmm. they're their internet and technology environment is way more controlled than it is here in the United States, but they don't see cheating and hacking as necessarily as much of a problem as we do here, because for them to get the advantage on somebody in a game and for them to be successful in it meets the criteria of what they've grown up to understand in their lifetime. You know, it's like, like one of those things that, I guess I could make a comparison to here is that, you know, it's like participation trophies in that too, or, or whatnot is like, you know, that everybody's going to get something here no matter what. And of course, if there are people who are raised by that, you know, I'm not really trying to be anything crazy here on this topic itself, or at least this part of the topic itself, but it's just that everybody's going to want to participate and everybody's going to be expecting the same level of treatment when they're playing these games, especially because the competition can be so great in these games. People who are not doing well at them are going to be dissuaded from playing or persuaded to take another avenue to be successful at the game. And that's not going to be going and hiring, uh, like hiring a video game professional to sit there and work with you on training, which you can do. You can go hire retired esports players to help you learn how to be better at a game. I'm just talking flat out downloading a hack, paying for a aimbot or a wall hack. Mm -hmm. And outside of it being just taking down the companies that sell these things that that make and sell the, and implementing better behind the scenes, uh, anti-cheat software, you're going to run into this cultural issue that I don't know how exactly it's going to be easily like addressed, how easy it's going to be to make that fundamental shift from you don't always need to be number one. You do your best and you will be successful. You will have failures, but you learn from them and work your way towards being better next time. I don't know how you fix that part of it. Everything else is simple. You just make a, you make a tool for it. I don't know how you address that part though. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I just I, addressing it as a as a cultural issue, though. You figure that that's maybe not necessarily a third of the gamers in the world, but that's like a third of the world's population, just in in China. I mean, even if it's not just one game and it's multiple games, there there. It's it's viewed that even if you if if one of their own hackers is going up against one another, it's it's whoever's still doing the best. It's whoever it's whoever True. can pull out the best. So I mean, there, there's always going to be that that one up. Uh, you know, I've got to do better than the other person aspect of it. But I I think even if. Uh, even if companies were to address it into a level of saying, you know, hey, we're just going to recognize that hackers and cheaters are going to exist and put them into a separate lo- lobby, you'd still have griefers that want to go into the regular lobby and they want to use the cheats on people that they're playing the game regular and just want to have fun. Bingo. Because 
their fun is is the griefing, is the the ruining the game, the trolls of the internet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's unfortunate, but you know, and people have tried to uh, to obviously prevent it, but I mean, there's only so far you can go with like Riot Games. I mean, you can just make another profile. I've seen people. Granted, sometimes they they've gotten banned right away. Like it's caught, you know. They they understand what's going on, and they they're looking for that IP or that specific person to pop on and say a specific thing. And it's boom that account that new account's gone. Yeah. But then there's, you know, that people will hijack accounts and they they get bans on those accounts. I I've been victim to that. I got a vac ban from when my account got hacked, and there's nothing I can do about it. So, yeah, I mean, I the only thing I can ever see being one of those preventative measures that could even be a simple thing to prevent those who are trying to uh, those who are successful in cheating and then up then end up getting caught is you need to geofence them. You need to block them off based on their region. Mm -hmm. But of course, that also yields some other issues like I'm not. A network engineer so i'd have to really read up more on what happens behind the scenes with what's transmitted but don't you think like there's the potential of the mac address of the computer's network card being shared also though like through like i don't know exactly where some of that stuff sits but if that's what's being shared it doesn't matter if the person's router changes the mac mm-hmm. address is always going to be the same hell get the mac address of the fucking router but right. get that, and if you have a way to be able to detect that and see that come in, then the player can't connect, or you redirect them like you do in Apex Legends to a cheater lobby. Easy enough. Yeah, because, I mean, e- even incoming data, there's always a packet that you can tell you can, you can can show up as being a different MAC address, and you can mask your address, you can come in uh, via proxy or VPN, but there's always a packet at the core level that you can see where the origin is from. There, there's you can't get rid of that packet, not to my knowledge anyway. So, and, and that's something that a computer has to analyze anyway. It's it's how com- computers have to communicate. I mean, shoot, it's it's how people that that do constantly use VPNs and proxies and all sorts of different services to try and elude capture when when uh illegally downloading movies you know it, it's how they're caught so and it, it's a simple system it i i mean i i would think it's simple granted you are having lots of ips come in and a lot of uh, you know and a lot of a lot of uh bandwidth traffic but i mean there there's got to be a way to sift something through you know mm-hmm you would think that there would be something there, and there has to be. It just takes someone with the skill of being a network engineer and then writing out the code with someone else on the team to create a database of some type that says, if this ID matches this, don't let them in. Send them the error code. Send them error code 101 that says, sucks to be you. But we haven't even yeah. had some of that either. But it, it's it's sad when you think about it that something that, started out so lighthearted and to be able to to give a broader audience the enjoyment of 
a game, a classification game of games, or just games in general, um, turned into something so malicious or potentially malicious that it makes people not even want to play games. Agreed. It does. It it really sucks the fun out of it. And then even with that one game being spoiled, look at all of the other ones that it's like you could go play, but you're so brought down from what occurred. Do you really even want to put the effort forward to play another game? Oh yeah, no, I'll 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 totally admit I've been victim of hopping on a shooter specifically and I'll go through a couple matches and maybe I'm just having a bad night, but you know, if if I'm not doing great, it it kind of puts me off shooters for the rest of the night and if that was what I was in the mood to play, well then all of a sudden I'm off to YouTube or Hulu and maybe I just won't play games, you know. Yep. Yep, exactly. And sometimes, you know, that could be potentially caused by griefers, hackers, um, cheaters. And sometimes... And I've, I know we've all been victim of yeah. it. I, I know I've seen... You've seen it, in, especially in Warzone, where someone is following you and they're inside the hangar, but they manage to follow you from inside the hangar, walking around the corner all the way around the door, and then finally to the opening where they were actually able to see you. Yep. And you're just like, well, I know what's going on there. Too bad I can't do anything about it. Yep, that's exactly it. But I don't know what else there is to add other than the these game companies with online components to their games themselves really need to make sure that they have their anti-cheat and anti-hack stuff in place because going forward with the future of a lot of things still going online, I mean, we're we are on the cusp here of Battlefield 2042 and Halo Infinite releasing here in the next few months. We've got, you know, whatever anti-cheat stuff they could have there in the background, but, you know, even going ahead, we've still got other things coming out. I don't know. Like, we don't even know what they're necessarily doing, but we know that they need to be kept an eye on, especially because of a lot more emphasis, especially on cross-play, because cross-play games are going to be one of those things to be aware of because you might have someone on PC that's hacking and completely demotivate those on the console side. Yeah, and maybe maybe the uh, the game companies really need to invest into network security, not only in the their sectors where they're writing and producing games, but in, in the sectors where, you know, they have servers that are hosting games and for people to play and monitor the traffic and, you know put effort into uh, making a more satisfying play experience long-term for their games, and they wouldn't have to worry about putting out a Call of Duty every year. Yep. Maybe. But I don't know what else there is really to say on this topic. I think I think this is a good one to kind of almost what feels like vent, because we've yeah. been victims of it's so much like we were, you know, we were, uh, we'll fully admit we were cheaters back in the day with the games that we were playing, but they were games that had no impact on other people and only impacted our game itself. There was no downside to it, you know, for us, unless it messed with a save, mm-hmm. you know, whatever happened to the cheats that took away all the weapons that made it so you had to use stupid items to try and kill each other, you know? Absolutely. Let's bring those days back. Oh, yeah, that, exactly. So 
we we were cheaters back in the day, you know, turning on all the weapons, infinite ammo and stuff in Grand Theft Auto using the game sharks. But nowadays, it's just too much griefing and too much hassle and really detracts from the core experience that these companies are looking forward to. And the first point of blame to be able to work some of these out is going to obviously be the players who are downloading it. The second one's going to be the people who are sourcing the cheats and providing them out. And the third's going to be the devs for not creating a more robust anti-cheat or reporting system to be able to get these guys off of there. And then lastly, mm-hmm. of course, is a is maintaining some sort of back-end system that prevents them from coming on ever again. Yeah. Fully agreed. Yeah. But I think that's it on this topic, which has kind of become a little bit more of a rant than a than a topic discussion more than anything. Yeah, I mean, we we did analyze the uh the industry on on things that could be uh be looked at, especially when it comes to security and you know, network traffic and and how games are just played in general. I mean, you can't always just rely on self-policing. No, there, there has to be oversight. So there has to be. And, and unfortunately, if it's coming from the players, then so be it. Yep. Well, with that, of course, that is it for our NPCs discuss this week. If you do like what we're listening or what we have been not listening to, what we've been talking about, and uh, you would like to contribute to this as well, you're a member of the video game industry, of course, whether you're contributing to some of these higher AAA titles, you're an indie dev, anything like that, and have some feedback you'd like to go ahead and share on here, drop us a line to our NPCs email, the npcs.business at gmail.com, or hit us up on social media on Facebook or Twitter. Let us know and we'll get you involved with a potential future episode. Of course, with that, our podcast, of course, is on our homepage, anchor.fm slash the-npcs-podcast. All the podcast platforms we are supported on are linked there, so please make sure to go subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice. I personally prefer Apple Podcasts with my iPhone. It's one of the easiest ways for me to go ahead and get all the different podcasts that I love listening to on there. Of course, if you're one that uses Google Podcasts or Spotify, we are on there as well. With that, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in this week. We will catch you all next week. Haters.